regulation and state and local um, guidelines change. And, you know, um, as you know, July has been a really a bad month trending in the wrong direction. So uh, things are going to change uh, for us as well, probably. Um, in the introduction to the protocol document, I stated that the guiding theological principle for our regathering um, will be our love for one another. The scriptures teach in 1 Corinthians 16, for example, and elsewhere, let all that you do be done in love. And so I believe it's vital that we regather for worship, but I also want to make sure that we do it in such a way that is safe. And as Paul writes in Romans 13, love does no wrong uh, to our neighbor. We don't want anyone to get sick um, due to some negligence on our part. And so this document uh, follows all the safety guidelines of local, state, federal, uh, as well as medical authorities. And we also looked at what other churches and schools are doing uh, to seek out best practices. And so for those of you who want to and will be coming to in-person worship in the coming weeks, I want you to have confidence that we're being as safe and as careful as we can be. I am not, however, insisting that all of you attend in-person worship services right away. In fact, there are many good reasons for you not to attend in-person services or to delay coming to church. Obviously, if you are feeling ill or you have any symptoms related to COVID-19, if you decide to go to a party with 700 other people the night before, or you've been hanging out on the beaches of Florida and just came back, you should quarantine and not attend service. If your immune system is compromised, if your work requires you to have uh, lots of potential exposure to the virus, if you're living with especially vulnerable people or you yourself are in that group, um, like elderly, if you have elderly parents in your home, for example, um, you should not rush back. We are going to continue to have Zoom services or hybrid services, and so you can continue to worship at home. It was very clear during our committee meetings that members of our community have very different levels of comfort when it comes to safety and health risk. And I know that everyone is making difficult and different choices in regard to work, to school, even grocery shopping. And so as we begin to regather, I want us to be careful and to not judge one another for whatever decisions that we make. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, in my uh, very, very loosely paraphrased, paraphrased translation, whether you decide to gather on Zoom or be together in the same room, or however you decide to worship, do all to the glory of God. It's not just your safety and your level of comfort that you should think about, but the safety and the levels of comfort of the rest of our community. So let's make decisions on behalf of the well-being of our brothers and sisters, and not simply on the basis of our own personal comfort. And let's err, if we need to err, on the side of caution during the season of uncertainty. So in a moment, um, members of the committee are going to highlight the protocol documents, and you may have some questions. For the sake of order, 
I want to ask that you either write down the question in the chat box or simply, you know, if it's a long question, just put your name or somehow indicate in the chat box that you have a question. And we will get to all the questions at the end of the presentation. After the presentation, uh, I hope that we can go through those questions and have conversations around them and address any concerns that you may have. When we begin to regather, it will be a sign of trust, both of God and of one another. We will trust each other to take the necessary precautions that we will practice physical distance when we are together, wear masks, wash hands. We will trust one another to practice similar precautions outside the church and to self-quarantine as needed. And so this is the way we're going to practice loving one another. Thanks. Hello, um, I'm Mihei, and I just wanted to go over some of the medical guiding uh, principles that we used when uh, we were meeting to really think of ways to safely uh, regather. Um, so, as you all know, CDC uh, puts out you know a lot of the guidelines, um, as well as New Jersey, um, to help us discern how to best kind of come together and worship together while keeping our staff and congregation safe. So I'm gonna just briefly just go over some of the safety actions we've considered and we've implemented in our protocol. Um, and then later on, Joe and Dan is gonna go over the details um, and then we could answer any of the questions afterwards. Um, so some of the safety actions that we definitely promote uh, are the healthy hygiene practices. I'm really encouraging everybody to maintain good hand hygiene, uh, washing your hands with soap and water, um, as well as we'll be, you know, having supplies of hand sanitizer, uh, hand sanitizer um, when we um, all come together, especially in the front area. Um, definitely encourage, um, encourage and everybody have to have cloth face coverings um, when coming together. Um, and then social distancing is very important. So. Um, you'll see later how we've provided physical guides so that um, everybody will remain at least six feet apart um, when we check in, when we sit, and we worship together. Um, we're also going to minimize community sharing. So in terms of having um, offering, um, it won't be in person how we pass around bowls. Um, communion will be um, uh, not be offered at this time. Uh, we will... Uh, you know, prohibit any physical contact. Um, so no shaking hands, hugging and kissing at the time. Um, and then, so we just wanna make sure that everything is safe. Next slide. Um, so when we come back, we definitely want to check for signs and symptoms for every person who wants to come to that particular uh, worship um, service. We're going to be emailing out uh, surveys for everyone to answer, as well as have uh, questions um, at the door uh, to make sure that everybody has um, no signs and symptoms. And we'll go over that more in detail um, in the protocol and in the um, survey. Um, so one of the questions I'm sure everybody has is, you know, what if a congregant uh, becomes sick? You know, do we have plans? And we're actually um, even more stringent than the CDC or New Jersey guidelines have uh, proposed. Um, and we want to make sure that we are really giving um, the, you know, doing the best that we can to make sure that we are doing this in a safe manner. Um, so if someone has symptoms, we're asking them to 
uh, stay home for two weeks for 14 days. Um, if someone has um, symptoms or ends up being uh, positive for COVID um, after attending a, a worship, we'll have protocol in terms of when to notify us. And we'll also have protocol of us notifying all the attendants of that week. Um, and then we also have plan for, you know, when to close and how long to close for. Um, so again, this is a very, um, this is going to be a living document and protocol because things will change as we know that um, cases are rising in Jersey. Um, so we will have New Jersey guidelines as well as national guidelines to really help us uh, through this period. Okay, thanks Mia. So now we're going to sort of get into the uh, highlights of the service protocols, which we'll touch on uh, some of the topics that Pastor David and me had just described. So uh, just to give you some of the highlights again, uh, you know, safety is the most important factor. So we'll be following the CDC guidelines and so forth. Um, we'll be adhering uh, to the federal guidelines, New Jersey guidelines, such as, you know, what's the maximum capacity, uh, what's the trip advisory state list and so forth as well as working with NBTS to ensure that we're following all of the various guidelines and regulations. Um, again, uh, we have, you're going to see that we're going to have limited capacity. So for that reason, but also to allow people to have the flexibility to stay at home, uh, Zoom will, service will continue into the foreseeable future. So the approach that we're trying to take here is to try to start slow, uh, make sure we have all the extra precautions uh, in place for this initial phase and to perhaps as, um, as the situation evolves to build in different elements of worship. So um, you'll see what we mean about that in a few moments. So the first question uh, that you might be asking is, who is allowed to come and how many? Um, so a, so we've, the committee has decided, uh, has recommended that we meet in the fellowship hall, which is the largest space, based on the capacity of, maximum capacity of 170, in the fellowship hall and based on New Jersey's guidelines that it's either 25% of that maximum capacity or up to hundred people, whatever is smaller. This means that for this initial phase, we can have up to 42 people in the fellowship hall. Um, in terms of who uh, come, we're gonna, because the numbers are relatively limited, uh, the focus here will be on members and regular attendees. Um, in terms of our children, um, the recommendation is for rising. Uh, so what we're going to install that for, rising fourth graders and older are allowed to attend. Um, and it's up to parents to kind of decide whether, you know, I, we know that all children, not all children are the same. So uh, parents could, can make the decision as to whether their rising fourth grader or older is able to, um, to adhere to the rules because uh, as I'll show late, later, we're going to um, try to enforce the rules quite strictly just to make sure that everyone is safe. Um, as Pastor David mentioned, you know, if you're immunocompromised, high risk, perhaps if you have uh, someone like that in your home, uh, we, uh, we would encourage you to stay home. Um, and finally, with regards to, uh, as you, many of you know, there's a New Jersey travel advisory. Um, as of July 28th, this past Tuesday, they updated it so that there are 60, 36 states and territories uh, that are on this travel list. Um, it means that if, you're, if you've been um, for more than 24 hours in one of these places, uh, that you uh, quarantine basically for 14 days. So we're following that by asking you to stay home for at least 14 days uh, from, that, from the scheduled service date. 
couple more points. Um, uh, as Mihad had referenced earlier, if you've exhibited COVID-19 or other illness symptoms, um, we ask you that you stay home 14 days from when they first appeared, 24 hours with no fever, without fever, reducing medication. And the CDC has defined uh, something called close contact. Uh, that, this means that you've been within six feet for at least 15 minutes with somebody who's uh, been affected or is assumed to be affected, uh, in, uh, infected with the, with the virus. So we ask that anyone who has been in close contact with others um, that, you, uh, that, that you refrain from attending an in-person service for 14 days from that period of exposure. So again, um, we do, we do uh, plan to try to enforce these um, as strictly as we can. So um, you know, if it turns out that there are individuals who are not um, able to do that, we would just encourage them to participate through Zoom. Uh, because again, the, one of the guiding high, uh, principles is that uh, we that safety is is paramount, and we just want to make sure that everyone is safe. All right. Um, so, for those of you who are interested in attending uh, in-person service, we'll just go over, spend a couple slides talking about how you can actually attend. So, in the Wednesday Word uh, upcoming, the upcoming Wednesday Word on August fifth will indicate and provide directions on how you can sign up and indicate your interest in attending an in-person service. So this will involve providing your name or names of people within your group. Um, how many um, are not just in your family, but those in your family who are able to attend in-person service. And because um, we have a relatively small number of, of capacity, our capacity is relatively limited, um, we need help in actually setting things up. So ideally, those it makes it uh, it allows a different, a diverse set of people to attend um, if more people are are able to help. So we'll be asking, are you willing to come early uh, to help set up to clean up, perhaps to usher? And what, upon indicating your interest um, and following the the directions on the Wednesday word, um, so you'll you'll indicate this interest. You'll be placed in a prioritized prioritized list. And this list um, will be on a first come first serve basis. So let me give you an example of what this means. So let's say we have a series of emails that come in. Um, so the Lee family of five has indicated their preference first. So they kind of go to the top of the list. The Smith family of three came in second and so forth. Uh, there may be a number of different groups uh, that have registered. So for the first Sunday, up to the maximum capacity. The maximum capacity includes those people who can attend, but also, again, we do need to have, you know, Pastor David will be there. Um, we will need uh, some help. So ideally, the people in this group can also help. But uh, anyway, up to some maximum capacity that we've described, uh, they, these are the people who would be invited uh, to the first service. And then for the next service, for instance, we would just continue down the list. So the green uh, individual would uh, be invited to be part of the second uh, set of groups uh, that would be invited to the next service. So in terms of a timeline, on Sundays, one week in advance, we would, uh, according to this list, invite um, a, some number of groups uh, to attend service. By Wednesday, each of these invitees will RSVP whether they can come and just to confirm the number of attendees. Um, as Mihai uh, described there will be a survey, which I'll show you shortly what, what it may look like. On Thursday, 
um, in case uh, some people are not available, perhaps um, since it's August, people may be away um, or people are ill or for whatever reason, if there is additional space, um, we will be inviting a set of alternates to try to fill up the space as possible. Uh, they will try to, we would ask for responses quickly so that we can prepare our seating map, which would be emailed out on Saturday night. And finally, on Sunday, you would be attending service. So this is the, the, the process for registration, uh, first indicating uh, initial interest, and then ultimately on a week-to-week -week basis, um, sending out invitations uh, to a group of invitees. So this is um, the sample survey that we have. Um, so just to kind of point out, this survey is for all members in your group. So you'll have one response for all members in your group, if it's just yourself or maybe other members in your family, we'll be asking questions such as, um, does anybody have a temperature of at least 100 degrees or higher? Have you or anyone in your group experienced uh, some of these symptoms? Whether anyone in the group has been in close contact with a presumed or confirmed case of COVID? And finally, whether anyone in the group has been out of state uh, within that New Jersey advisory list in the last couple of weeks, and if so, to indicate the, the states, particular states and the travel dates. In terms of the building entry protocol, we're asking people to arrive by 1030. Um, this is because um, service has to start on time. We have a number of attendees who will be on Zoom. Um, and it, there's, as you see, there's a little bit of a process um, that's going to be required. So we're asking people to come early by 1030. Uh, we're only going to be using the main entry doors. This is going to allow us to enforce the, the, our building entry protocol. Um, they'll be closed and the ushers will open the doors to allow the attendees to attend, to, to enter. We're asking that whether you're in, as you're entering the building or even when you're outside waiting, that all attendees continue to wear their mask um, from the point at which they leave the parking lot um, and as they approach the building to wear their mask and to maintain six feet uh, distancing from uh, non-family members. The, as, uh, as people queue in, uh, the usher will be uh, asking, confirming the pre-registration uh, that the person has registered. Only people who are registered are going to be allowed uh, to enter and to confirm the at-risk questions. The usher will then check uh, each person's temperature with an infrared uh, thermometer. And provided the temperature is less than 100 degrees, the attendees are going to be asked to, to clean their hands um, and then uh, to be entered where the usher will ultimately seat each uh, family member to get all the family members will be seated together. All right, um, so now I'm going to pass it over to Dan, who's going to continue through the rest of the detailed, uh, the detailed highlights uh, from the the protocol. Dan? Okay. Thanks, Joe. Um, can everyone, can you hear me? You're a tiny bit faint, but if you can come a little closer, that might help. How about now? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Okay. So um, just going over the details of the building you use. So once, you, once um, you've gone through the registration process and you do get into the building, um, we would be asking that everyone wear masks at all times um, with the masks fully covering your nose and your mouth. Um, the, we are also asking attendees to, to provide your own sanitizer and masks, but in the event that you forget or you don't have it available, we will have some supplies available at church so that you could use those, um, if you do in that, in that instance. 
Um, we're also asking um, in, in alignment with CDC guidances that uh, physical distancing of at least six feet uh, between non-family or group members uh, be maintained at all times. And then children under 18, we're asking always be accompanied by your parents as you move throughout the church. Um, although we, we are asking that movement be somewhat limited, you know, as you enter the building, you, you make your way to the, the fellowship hall for service. And really the only other times that you would be moving around um, if anyone needs to use the restroom or for any other personal issues uh, for food or water, as we'll touch on later. Um, so regarding the food and drinks, the church will not be providing anything. We will not have any time of fellowship, as was, as was mentioned previously. Um, if you do need food or drinks for medical reasons, so we ask that you bring that, um, as the church, again, will not be providing any of that. And restrooms uh, will be available for use. And we just ask that you use your discretion. Obviously, if um, there aren't going to be many people, as you know, with the maximum capacity being 42, um, but if the bathrooms are somewhat full, we just ask that you use your discretion to, you know, provide uh, physical spacing distances as required, um, and just for you know your personal comfort level as well. And regarding worship, so uh, the. Online streaming will continue to be provided. So there will be a setup for Pastor Dave so that he'll be able to um, broadcast the service to everyone that would be at home watching through Zoom. Um, and then obviously the congregants that are in attendance will, will have the benefit of being in person with Pastor Dave as well. Um, so initially the liturgist and praise leader, children's pastor and the scripture reader will all remain online just to try to limit um, exposure as necessary in the initial phases. And then the adult preacher will be on site. Um, so as I mentioned before, um, Pastor Dave will have, or, or the speaker that is speaking for the day, will have an external camera, um, which will be set up so that he won't have to be facing a laptop, kind of blocking the view for attendees that are there in person. And then while the preacher is speaking, they will be set up uh, 20 feet from the attendees. Uh, they will not be wearing a mask, though, and there will be a small exhibit coming up after this to show what that setup is going to look like. And again, the AV will allow those people that are watching from home on Zoom to, to follow along with the worship and to see and hear the online liturgy and gallery view of all attendees. So actually, anyone that's in attendance um, in person will also have a view of that, and we're working to set that up right now um, so that we can all see each other. Um, so for as far as children's education, we will not be having any simply because of the concerns with being able to keep everyone physically separated. Uh, so there will be no sprouts, tots, um, kids or youth group services. Um, singing will be allowed, although we are encouraging soft singing um, and masks will have to be maintained while you are singing. And initially, as mentioned previously, there won't be any communion in an effort to uh, reduce uh, cross-contamination or touching or sharing of any materials uh, during service. And similarly, we also will not be collecting offering during the in-person service. And we'll ask that you continue to uh, mail in checks or use the Tidely app. And following service, we're asking all attendees to leave the building as soon as service is over, just to, again, keep uh, the possibility for um, exposure reduced as much as possible. And this is the exhibit. So just quickly going over the exhibit. So as you see on the left side of the screen with the green star, that's where Pastor Dave would stand. Um, there will be the 20 foot separation from him. 
Um, and we're asking that uh, for one-way circulation through the fellowship hall. So you'd be coming in through the closest door to the main entrance for the building. Um, you would enter in that direction. Um, and then the door on the right, bottom right side of the sheet would only be for exit. So this is kind of a typical spacing diagram. It's three feet by eight. It's basically enough room to, to provide about four seats. Um, and you'll see in the, in the next portion of the slide, the, the distribution. So this allows for ample spacing for, for the maximum capacity that we are allowed right now. You can see that we're, we're clearly meeting the, we're exceeding the six foot distancing requirement uh, with all the eight foot separations. Um, and then as necessary, uh, if we need, if there are more individuals and uh, less groups, then we'll, we'll make accommodations uh, for separating out additional seats in the back. And then the blue arrows indicate just the, the, the um, path that we're asking people to take as you enter. And uh, I think we, the one thing we don't have, as I mentioned, is just the exit on the bottom right. And then moving on to the concern. So if, what if somebody tests positive? And I know this is a big concern and we spent a lot of time discussing the various parameters and how we should go about it. Um, our, our guiding principles were definitely following CDC, federal, state, and local guidelines. Um, and if anyone sh that does attend an in-service, in, in in-person service um, should test positive, we ask them that, we ask that they contact session directly um, and uh, uh, if they have uh, positive results. So the attendees from that in-person service will be notified. Um, it, it will not be indicated who um, and the information will be anonymous. Uh, as far as uh, who it was that actually tested positive, but you will be notified so that you are aware of the situation. And if that should occur, then the following two services um, will be canceled and they will be only held via Zoom, um, which is in, in accordance with CDC guidelines. And uh, because we are in a situation where we're renting the facilities from MBTS, we will also be notifying them as well so that they can take the appropriate steps that they need and future phases. So uh, we, we spent a lot of time to set up just these, this initial phase, um, which uh, we feel is extremely conservative. Um, but obviously as conditions and guidelines change in the state, um, our guidelines will also need to change. As Pastor Dave mentioned, this is a living document. So moving forward, um, should the restrictions or should conditions get better in the state, which we hope, then there will be a loosening of guidelines. Um, we would look to increase occupancy and possibly open up in-person in children's ministries. Um, but in the unfortunate circumstance, if conditions do get worse, then obviously we would need to tighten guidelines um, and either add restrictions or go back to fully online. Thanks, Dan. Um, yeah. So I think at this time, uh, Anne, if you could unmute, Anne will be um, facilitating our Q&A. Um, over to you, Anne. And actually to the committee members, um, you know, as the questions come in, you know, um, feel free to, to pipe in with responses, but uh, yeah. And if you could, uh, do we have any questions, Anne? I haven't checked the, the chat. And I can't, I can't, we hear, can't you. hear you. Oh, sorry. I think I accidentally, my headphones. Um, David Chat has a question. His question, David? 
Yeah, David, if you could go unmute and just ask your question, that would be great. Thanks. I was confused about the registration process because the point of confusion was the next, the, the people who don't meet the initial cutoff start the next one. So it raised questions about the invitation. Is the, in, is the initial invitation sent to the entire church on Wednesday or is it sent to a segment of the church? I'm not sure how the queuing process works. Yeah, so um, what happens is on this coming Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday where it's going to tell, tell you to uh, give you information as to how you can indicate your interest. So Dave, if you wanted to say, if you said, oh, your family of three wants to come, you would send an email you know, as soon as possible. And then we're going to get a series of emails. And it basically all it's to say is that it just kind of follows along that list. So we create a list of 50 groups, let's say, right, of all the emails that came in. So what happens is we're just going to go down that list for each particular week. So on the first week, we start at, uh, at the top of the list and say we have 10 people. Um, and maybe I can, I'll just show. So, so basically, uh, maybe it just helps to show the example. So Dave, what, what happens is, so this is, the, this is the list. And let's just say we go through some number of groups up to the maximum capacity uh, for that particular week. What happens then is we continue down this list. Um, so for the next service, we would just continue down the list, ultimately looping back. And, and we'll just continuously loop around that list uh, as we offer people to come on a given Sunday. Um, and then on a week-to-week -week basis, you know, based on the number of groups that are next up, so to speak, uh, those invitations will go out only to those people. So you, if you are going to be invited to a service to, to the following Sunday's week service, you know, you'll know on the previous Sunday. Does that answer your question, Dave? Sort of. So this Wednesday, an invitation is sent to the entire church. If you don't respond to this Wednesday's word, you have opted out of in-person services for the foreseeable future. Is that the implication? Yes. So if, you're, if, so if you're not going to respond, that's your implicit way of saying that you're not interested in attending uh, in-person service at the current time. But a month later, if somehow a situation changes and you feel comfortable with attending uh, in-person services at church, at that time you can send your email saying, yes, throw me on that list and, and get me, uh, you'd like to be invited to a future service. And one last quick clarification. So it is opting out for four weeks, and then you can have the option to opt in after four weeks. Is that you correct? Can, you can opt in or opt out at any time. So you can opt in. It's a living list. It's the same thing as the document. The list is also living. So at the point at which a month later, you decide that you want to add your name to the list, we would put your name to the bottom of the list at that time. Dave, are you still there? <laughs> okay, I see a thumbs up. Just to let everyone know, because we have a number of people, um, uh, uh, expressions are things that are made on the video. Sometimes we don't see it. So if you could just uh, give an audio. But I saw, I saw Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bob, someone has a question too. Bob, if you want to unmute yourself. Yeah, um, I guess my question is, uh, I know we're taking a lot of care 
uh, around um, attending the building. I guess it's related to is NBTS um, having a session in s for the semester? And uh, also, I guess to expand that, are there any others who are expected to utilize the space? I know they have in the past, so. Um, I, I can answer that question. So NBT is going uh, online with all of their uh, classes uh, for the fall. So there will be no students uh, in the building. Some faculty uh, are coming into work uh, on the second floor, um, but other than us, no one else will be using the building. So people who typically rent for like one-time use events uh, will not be allowed to use the building during this time. So uh, they are going to clean the building for us uh, every Friday or Saturday, um, but there should be no other people in that space other than us. Okay, thank you. Um, and Kelly has a question next. Kelly, if you want to mute yourself and ask your question. Thanks. Um, my, the answer to my question might be implied, but I just wanted to confirm. So understanding that um, pa uh, patients infected with COVID could potentially be asymptomatic, has it ever been considered to like not allow attendees who, let's say like it received a test on Wednesday and is waiting for the results? to come out to not attend on the particular Sunday that they're interested in before they kind of get a result of whether they're positive or negative. So I can't answer that. So I think if you're taking a test because of work, like some works will, you know, require you to undergo testing, then I think it'll be okay. I mean, we'll also discuss this as a committee, but I think um, definitely if you're asymptomatic, it's hard to say you know, if you have COVID or not. So, um, I mean, I think they should use caution to say, you know, while they're waiting for results, they should not attend. But if you're taking a COVID test because you're symptomatic, definitely you cannot attend a particular Sunday for two weeks until after um, your symptoms are gone. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I just wanted to clarify yeah. since there was like protocol about notifying the church of um, a positive test if that happens. So just like trying to, you know, think ahead and, and see what that'd be like. Thank you. Sugyang has a question next. Hi. Um, so what happens if a visitor comes to the church uh, without, obviously they don't know about the registration process? Um, and my second question, you answered my third question. So my second question is, um, will the questionnaire about the health conditions and travel history be asked when they are registering? or when they enter the building, or both? Because I think that matters. Yeah, so I'll, maybe I'll try to take this one. So Sugyang, with regards to, um, you have to be a confirmed registrant. So visitors are not, you have to be registered. You have to basically have been invited on a given Sunday uh, to be allowed to attend. So like, for instance, if somebody says, is walking down the street of uh, College Ave and says, oh, there's a service, maybe I'd like to attend service. We're not going to allow anybody who has not been invited. So that's part of that uh, building entry uh, protocol. Is okay. that, does that answer that? And yes. I forgot, the second question was again? Uh, about oh, the, the survey, the survey, yeah. So the survey is going to be asked when we invite. Every time you, we invite, even though you've kind of indicated uh, that, you know, Sugyung, your family of four might be all interested, but we're gonna actually, when we invite on Sunday, we're gonna say, Sugyung, how many actually can't, are gonna attend on that one Sunday? Uh, and then, we're gonna be asking also the survey questions so that you are confirming that 
um, you know, that all of those questions are, you know, that there's not a problem. And Joe, just to add on to that, um, when the registered attendees show up as part of the registration process, we'll be reconfirming the answers just in case anything hasn't, to see if anything has changed from Wednesday to Sunday. So that's just an added level of, of uh, confirmation. That answers the question. Yeah, and checking the, with the temperature actually with the infrared thermometer as well. Thank you. Um, and Sandra Ree has a question next. Sandra. Hi. Yeah, can you see me? Okay, maybe you can hear me. Um, my question was if we can meet outdoors, is that possible? Like at the park or right outside the building on the grass area? Yeah, so that was, uh, Sandra, that was um, considered. I think there are various challenges. Part, one part is getting a covered space that's large enough. Um, and the other part is uh, with regards to like technology. How do we host the Zoom? Because we want to still host a Zoom meeting online. You know, we'd have to set up the speakers. And so there are various challenges. So it, um, I don't know if others want to chime in, but um, it was considered. And um, at least at this time, it was just, it was thought that the fellowship hall based approach was our, our, our best foot forward. Okay. Thank you. Sue Park has a question next. Yeah, so I guess, I guess I asked a bunch of different things, but it's all fundamentally around the idea of um, if, for example, uh, I email in and I get into the queue, but then either I can't come this week or I want to defer, um, do we essentially just kind of get thrown to the end of the queue? Does it defer it one week? Like, I'm just curious how you would handle that scenario. Yeah, so the thought is to, um, uh, so we're going to be tracking the last person. So we're going to go through that ordered list, but it gets reordered based on who attended last, I think. So it's going to work something like that. Okay, so you essentially will re-enqueue them immediately for yep. another, okay. Yeah. And then if, let's say, um, my week has come up and for whatever, for personal reasons, I can't come this week. Um, do I just get kind of re-enqueued to the end of the list and just have to wait for my next turn? What happens there? Yeah, so I think it, I think it would be similar. Um, some of those details, I guess we haven't quite, uh, but that the thought process was, yes, that you would just be re-enqueued, not necessarily to the end. But I think it also depends, Higi, if we start to see that, for instance, you know, a lot of people have indicated their interest, but they keep on, not going right then we might right. right we i mean we it's not fair for somebody who intends to go once in 10 times they're offered to keep on putting them at the top of the list so i think as we say the protocol and how we um the protocol that we employ uh, may change based on the experience that we see got it thank you yep that was the last question oh harry has a question harry lee Hey, sorry. Um, question about the ventilation system. How, how is it at MBTS? Um, seems like a newer building, but just wanted to ask if there's any research done on that. Um, I have no idea. Uh, I've not asked that question. Um, I can look into that. 
don't know if anyone else has any more information. So I, I don't also know Harry, um, but uh, as Pastor Dave mentioned, we could ask. It doesn't hurt to ask if if um, if it you know if it's important. So we can ask and get back to you, I guess. And David Chow has another question. Thanks, Anne. From the session and from this committee, what's the general recommendation? Do you prefer, do you want an oversubscription, or are you guys comfortable with you know people like if if only twelve people come out? Like, what's what's the general suggestion you're making to the congregation about? how we should do this. It sounds like a lot of it is up to individual choice, but that's not my question. What would you all prefer? David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is just me. And I, I think what, again, was very clear is that um, different committee members had very different takes on this. I think it was great. This is why I really love the Presbyterian system and committees because you really get the wisdom of the group. Um, but just for myself, uh, I would like a, an over prescription. Like I'd love to have people wanting to come back and are, you know, trying to get ahead of the line. Um, you know, that would be my preference. Um, but again, I'm not pushing for that. I'm not suggesting that. Um, I think if I, that's, you know, for me, I'm, I'm eager to, again, in-person service are going to be very, very different. Uh, you may actually not like it as much as Zoom because, you know, it, and in the beginning, we're going to have a number of glitches that we're going to have to work out. But I think there is such value in gathering that um, I, I would love to see people wanting to come back and feel safe that they can come back. So insofar as we can accommodate that, I would love to do that. I'd love to, I'd love to do that. <clears throat> but... That's just for myself. I can't speak for the rest of the committee or session. Maybe I'll just add one uh, piece, uh, another bit is if you actually attend and because uh, we're, you know, we've done, the committee has spent a lot of time doing research, uh, but, you know, we recognize that, you know, there always is possibility for improvement. So um, through this presentation that you see today, or your review of the protocol document, or after attending, you have some comments or suggestions. Um, you know, we would just encourage you to send that to, um, to maybe Pastor David or Session, or and we'll forward it to the committee uh, as well. But um, you know, we're we're trying to make this. You know, we we can't uh, address always everyone's concerns because everyone has a myriad of different types of concerns. But we're trying to do our best to make. Uh, make this as tenable the situation as we can. So I would just encourage you to, to feel free to give us additional comments or if you have questions, you've thought about it, you've discussed it with, with uh, people at home or other people in the church, if you have other questions or comments, always feel free to reach out to us. And I think Higgy has another question. It, it kind of circulates around what I previously mentioned. I'm also wondering when you email interest, could you also specify, you know, this and this week, I'm actually not able to attend, so I wouldn't want to get enqueued on a particular week. Yeah, we could, if you do that, that would be helpful. Yeah. 
I think that's it with the questions. And, and yes. um, Jason, as you can have a question. Do you see that? That's wanting the, uh, the thanks for the work. Yeah, that's what I thought. They're just yeah. also like saying ditto. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, Brian has a question. Brian King. Oh, hey, Ann. I'm sorry. Just follow the last a second. Um, do you guys have any um, number of volunteers that you guys were seeking on a weekly basis? Um, I, I think it ends up being uh, so we we're, so we're going to practice it out uh, in the in a few days from today, but um, we'll need you know at least a couple ushers, you know, two three people for setup. Pastor David's going to be there. We have uh, need an uh, an AV setup, so you know it's it's a good handful plus. Um, but a lot of the tasks, by the way, are pretty, you know, I. I, I you know, so I, I, I'm hoping that uh, many of you will be, uh, will be available to try to help us set up because the more people it takes to set up, that takes away from the capacity in the fellowship hall. So the opportunities will, be, um, will not be as often uh, if people are not uh, able to help. But of course, we do realize based on various situations that uh, it may not be possible. But um, I, does that kind of answer your question, Brian? So I don't know, like five, six people will probably need at least to... No, that does. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I think that's it with the questions. Okay, so should we, Pastor David, should we close out the... Yeah, if there are no other questions, um, again, uh, let me just, again, thank the whole committee. Um, you know, um, I, again, they just did a a lot of work as, as you can see in the document uh, that was prepared and um, yeah so we're going to try this and we'll, we'll see how it goes and uh, hopefully um, it will be um, a blessing uh, to those who can come and uh, and we'll see from week to week um, what it's going to look like so thank you all for sticking around um, and um, let's close this meeting then uh, with a word of prayer um, Father, we thank you again just for uh, this time to uh, go through this document, to answer questions and share our concerns. Uh, again, we pray, God, help us to be uh, wise, help us to uh, love one another uh, as best we can uh, and practice uh, all the various uh, safety um, protocols uh, that are in place uh, so that we can keep each other safe and so love one another. Uh, we thank you, Father, for... Um, the opportunities uh, that lie ahead. Uh, help us to be mindful of your presence and to experience your grace, uh, whether we are together or whether we uh, are only able to gather uh, through Zoom. Thank you, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Good seeing everyone. Would you like to go back to church? Bye. 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 Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.